the abundant life. It goes right along with this morning's. I've had this one prepared for several weeks, and I didn't even know it went along with this morning's until I was studying the other day. But it does. Living the abundant life. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. I thank you for all that you've done thus far in this service. I pray, Lord God, that we would continue to have ears to hear. Father God, that your word would go, for, go forth with clarity, with simplicity, with an anointing, Father God. I pray that everyone would be good soil to receive your word. And I thank you, Lord God, that your word says that you have come, that we might have life and have life abundantly. And we give you praise for that. I pray, Lord God, that every one of us would walk, that we would desire, that we would purpose to walk in that abundant life that only you can give. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to John 10.10. We know what this says, and oftentimes we zero in on the thief part, which is a very real thing. Amen? The thief does come to steal, to kill, and destroy, but tonight we're going to talk about what God has come to do. 10.10, the thief cometh not, but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy... I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. So there is a devil. Amen? He's a thief and he will steal from you. He will steal everything you have if we allow him to do so. But Jesus tells us to believe in him. That he has come that we might have life and we might have it, how? More abundantly. So right there is where it is for us. See, we have a devil on one side. We have Jesus on the other. And we're right here in the middle. Now I'm here to tell you that the devil over here hates you. That Jesus loves you. That God loves you. And God is greater than the devil. And so we have to command him. We have to use the word of God. We have to command him to take his hands off of us in Jesus' name. For the devil, the devil has no power because of the Jesus that lives on the inside of us. Amen? But we're going to have to stand up just like Miss Phyllis tonight. We're going to have to stand up in the authority and in the power. We're going to have to guard our thoughts. We're going to have to understand who the enemy is. We're going to have to understand in a greater way who God is. We can just confess it and confess it and we can talk about it. Oh yeah, he's come that we can have life and that we may have it abundantly. Da, 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 da. Well, no, when, it, when the rubber comes down to meet the road, we better know who he is. Amen? We better really know who uh, the Father is and the authority that we have in him. See, sickness and disease are not of God because God has come that we might have life and that abundantly. Well, does sickness and disease give you life? No, it rubs from you, it steals from you, it kills from you, it makes you tired. It does everything except give you life. So that is not of the enemy. Don't ever think that God put something on you to teach you something. Well, I don't know why I have this. It just must be from God because I'm serving him. No, it's not from God. You need to stand up and you need to rebuke that. In Jesus' name, you need to know who you serve. That he is a God of abundance and that he has come that we have, might have an abundant life. Because sickness and disease robs from us. It steals from us. God is not the reason for financial lack. Well, he's just taking my money just to teach me a lesson. Oh, come on. He is the God of abundance. He's the God of abundance. God is our Jehovah Jireh. 
The Bible says that he meets all of our needs. He will provide for all of our need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's Philippians 4.19. The devil comes to steal from you. He will steal your faith. He will steal your hope. He'll steal your desire to trust God. He will steal your well-being. He will take your life if you allow him to do so. That's why you have to stand. That's why you have to guard your thoughts. That's why you have to know the word because he has given you authority. And so you take authority over that thing that's in you in Jesus' name and you tell it to go and it has to bow its knee. That name of Jesus is above every name. And you fight it with everything within you. And you don't let anybody tell you any different. Amen? This word is truth. This word is truth. Hallelujah. But the devil wants to ruin you. He wants to ruin me. And if he wants, he wants to keep us from advancing. And his goal is to destroy. His goal is to bring destruction. His goal is to kill. That's what the scripture says. The enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Oh, but hallelujah. What does the next part of that verse say? But I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. See, sometimes we uh, crazy charismatics, uh, we focus on the devil too much. We do. We focus on him and what he can do. You know what? He's... He's nothing. He's a grain of sand under our feet. He is nothing. Oh, but our God is such a great big God. And we need to understand really who our God is and just how big he is. And that he has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. The enemy has no right he has no power. If you haven't read the end of the book, then read it. Amen? We win. We win. So why give him place in this hour? Oh, well, the devil has me on the run. Well, stop. And you put him on the run. You know, sometimes we say the silliest things. You know, you've heard the saying, kids can say the darndest things. Well, sometimes we Christians say the silliest things. We just let the devil have his way. And we don't stand up to him and the authority that we have in the abundant God that we serve. Amen? So we must do that. See, Jesus came to this earth. He died on the cross. He was raised from the dead. Hallelujah. He ascended back to heaven and he sent the Holy Ghost our comforter, our revelator, our paraclete, our helper, one that stands alongside of us to help us, to empower us. Why? So we could live an abundant life. That's what we have in Jesus. See, the devil and Jesus don't mix. They have nothing, absolutely nothing in common. One comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The other comes to empower us, to give us life, and to give us an abundant life. So the two don't mix. They just don't compute. It's like oil and water. They do not mix. You could shake them up and they still wouldn't mix. Amen? Their purposes don't mix. So we can't believe what the devil tries to tell us. 
But on the other hand, Jesus is truth. Everything in his word is truth. He is who he says he is. And he can do, Phyllis, what he says he can do. And I'll go a step further. He will do what he says he will. Amen? So we have to believe all that he says. We simply believe it. We open ourselves up to the word of God. Well, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't matter. Heaven doesn't make sense to me either. I just read a book on heaven and I'm going, oh my goodness, wow. doesn't make sense to me. I gave it to the stewardess the other day when we were coming in from Mexico. I was hurrying and, and reading it. Someone had told me to read it would settle some issues in my heart. And it did. And so the stewardess came and, and I was in this little seat. Well, if I was in it, it wasn't too little, but I was in this seat. <laughs> Pastor Jeff. You didn't have to laugh at that. <laughs> it, really, it really was a little seat. <laughs> and so the stewardess sat down and she just began to talk to me. And she began to cry. And I asked her some questions and I found out that she had lost an uncle of 30, that was only 36 years old. She was very, very close to and she said it was hard. And Anyway, God just did some amazing things on that trip, bringing people across my path and, and some of the women's path that, that knew our daughters and knew our sons. And it, it, was just a, it was just like that all the time on that trip. And so I began to talk to her, and I said, I'm reading this book, and I'm almost through. And uh, I said, I think it would help you. So I finished it on the flight to um, somewhere, Amarillo. Was it Amarillo or Houston? Anyway, one of those places... And as I started out, I gave her a hug, and I said, I think you'd enjoy this book. And so I gave it to her, and, and uh, she was appreciative of that. And I said, I don't understand at all, but it encouraged me. So why, why did I say those things? Something about the light. Oh, we don't have to understand everything. We don't understand everything. But we just believe it. We believe it. We take it for who he says he is. If he says he's healer, he's healer. If he says he's provider, he's provider. If he has come that we might have life and that abundantly, then we receive that. It doesn't matter what things are looking like around us. Jesus is truth. So what does that abundant life look like that he has come to give? Well, the Greek word for abundant, and I know I'm not saying this right, is perissos, P-E-R-I-S-S-O-S. That means superior in quantity or quality. It means exceeding. It means very high. It means beyond measure. That's what abundant means. Ephesians 3.20, and we have talked about this before. Let's turn there if you would. Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. See, God equals abundant power. 
God is abundant power. Salvation is great, and it has to be. It's vital, but that's not the end of abundant life. That's simply the beginning. Amen? See, he gives us joy, he gives us peace, he gives us completeness, he gives us his word. And too many times we Christians will go through life and so many people cannot differentiate between the Christian and the non-Christian. Why? Because we're not walking in the power of the word of God. We look like the world, we smell like the world, we act like the world. And so people can't differentiate the difference and that should not be. It should not be. So what is an abundant life? First of all, number one, it is a yielded life. Well, that's great. Yielded to what, Pastor? To God and His ways. We yield ourselves to God. Well, I don't like to do that. Then you'll never have an abundant life. You can't have your cake and eat it too and be blessed. There has to come that separation. You have to yield your way to God's way. I don't care if you like it or not. If you want the abundant life, you're going to have to yield to Him and to His ways in every area of your life. Turn, if you would, to Romans 6. Is it hot in here? Romans 6, starting in verse 9. Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise reckon you also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield your, your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Hallelujah. See, the death that the Lord Jesus died, he died once and for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. It's by his it's power that we're made alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So being alive unto him, we are not to, to permit sin to reign in our bodies. We talked this morning about holiness. God is a holy God. And he's looking for a holy people. We are to be holy as he is holy. Amen. So it's through Christ that we're freed from living in a bondage to sin. We offer ourselves to God, and we have been brought from death unto life. How many of you have tasted the death of the world? We all have, haven't we? We've all been there. If we're saved, we have been there. Well, I dare say, and I was saved at a, at a young age. But this life is better. Rosie knows. Vicki knows powerful testimonies of the hell that God brought them out of. The devil was out to steal, to kill, and to destroy them. But God in his mercy and his, and his abundance brought them out of that pit and set them upon a rock and he established their goings. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, sin cannot be our master. We can't give in to it because we've been redeemed from that. We've been bought with a price. Hallelujah. So as Christians, we have a choice. Here we are in the middle. Here's Jesus and here's the devil. Now who are we going to yield to? Are we going to yield to Jesus? Are we going to choose life and life abundantly? Are we going to choose blessing? Or are we going to choose death and cursing? See, we have a choice as to who we're going to yield to. So the abundant life comes by us, us living a yielded life unto God and His ways. That abundant life will cause love, joy, peace, and prosperity to come to us and Yielding to sin will ultimately cause death in everything that it offers. A yielding, that means that we give ourselves over. Spirit, soul, mind, and body. Every part of us to him. Oh, well, I just want to hang on to this part. Nope, you can't do it. And not, not live an abundant life. You have to yield. You have to give everything to him. That song, I surrender part of it. I surrender all, all. That's where you stand, naked before God, and say, God, here I am. Spirit, soul, mind, body, take me, make me, mold me, clean me up, and use me for your praise and for your glory. You don't come and say, God, here I am, but I want to keep my mind because I sure like to think on those ugly things. I like to think about those wild women. I like to think about all of those things. No, you have to give it all. If you're going to live an abundant life, you have to yield everything to him, even your will. Your will has to be conformed to his. I had to do that. When we were going into the ministry, man, I fought it. I said, I ain't going to do this. If I'd want to marry a preacher, I'd have married one from the beginning. That's what I said. I was a ringtail tutor for a little bit. See, I had to come to the realization that God had a plan and a purpose for my life. And I hate to think that had I not yielded everything to him, where my life would have been today. And I tell you, there's freedom once you yield to him. There's a freedom that comes to you that is unexplainable. And we can't live that life alone. We have to totally trust him. We have to live it through him. Amen? Number two key to abundant life, to abundant living, is a life of service. Turn to Romans 12. Verses 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. See, just as Jesus presented his body, our body is be, to be presented, not as a sacrifice for sin because he's already done that, but we present our bodies as holy unto him. 
See, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of our mind. That's why, Phyllis, you have to think on the things of God. Transform your mind. Think his thoughts. Talk his talk. Act his ways. Amen? So we present our bodies holy to him. That's our reasonable service is what Paul says. We offer our bodies as an instrument to him. We're not to be conformed to the world. We present. What does that mean? We present our bodies. Oh, here I am. No, it means that we surrender. And that's a choice that we make. We choose to surrender, even though we may not always understand. We may not always see it. We submit to God's will. We surrender everything to Him because we cannot live an abundant life outside His will. You cannot do it. And you pray for the blessing of God to come in your life, upon your family, and you're living in sin. It will not happen. You know, I, I, this is a, a, a testimony. I have a brother that's a millionaire. I do. He's in Millionaire Magazine. I was going to bring it tonight and I forgot. My brother used to be awful. He was kind of mean-spirited and selfish. Partied all the time. Flunked out of Texas Tech University drank and I tell you when he surrendered his will to the will of the father God has blessed him and my brother my older brother Rush Chapel is in Millionaire Magazine the March April issue of Millionaire Magazine page 98 if you ever want to go to the store and get Millionaire Magazine just look on page 98 and you'll read about my brother hallelujah I'm so proud of him he worked hard it wasn't an easy road for him. But when he decided that Russ couldn't do it on his own, that he had made all kinds of enemies, had done things that weren't right, I'm not saying he was ever in prison or any of that thing. He wasn't. But it doesn't matter. He was still in bondage. He still wanted to do what Russ, I started to say Rusty. If he listens to this tape, he's not going to be happy. What Russ wants to do. You know, when you get bigger, you can't call him Rusty. They have to be Russ. He still wanted to do what Rusty wanted to do. He still wanted to have his way. It didn't matter who we heard in the process. But God has blessed them, and there's about a six or eight page article in Millionaire Magazine on my brother today. He's a benevolent man. He's a Christian. And he serves God with the blessing that God has brought his way. So we choose, he chose to surrender his life to the Father. We can't live an abundant life outside of his will. Don't think you can. So we must allow God to have total, complete control of us. We present our bodies as a living and holy sacrifice. The abundant life is one that is given completely to God at the expense of our own desires. You need to remember that. The abundant life is one that is given completely to God at the expense of our own desires. See, we all have desires. I had desires. 
And ministry wasn't one of them. It wasn't. Don't look at me like that. It wasn't. I had desires. I had dreams. I was going to do this, and I was going to do that. And then this man came into my life named Gary Don Newman, and forget about going to California and teaching school. Now, that's kind of a crazy desire, isn't it? But that's what I wanted to do. I was going to go to Anaheim, California and teach school. Why? I have no idea because I've never been there in my life. I've never even been to California, but that's what I thought I wanted to do. And then he came into my life. Well, that's good, Lenore, that you want to do that because I'm going to join the Navy. Well, that's good because I'm not going to do that. Well, we did that. I never went to California until, I guess, Carson was born or until Gal and David moved out there. I never did teach school out there. See, God had different plans. And then we ended up in the ministry. Why? Because God had different plans. Because we yielded our own desires to his desire. Did we understand it? No, it didn't make sense at all. We had an oil company looking at us that his father wanted to give us. That we were going to take over and run Newman Oil Company. And so going into the ministry where we had no people, no church, didn't make any sense at all in the natural. But God had a plan. And we had to know and we had to understand that God's ways are above our ways. That his thoughts are above our thoughts. And that his direction for our life is good. So we could either yield to that, we could submit to that, or we could resist it. So we decided to yield to it. And here we are. Hallelujah. Touching lives all over the world, people being saved, all over the world, people just like us, proclaiming the name of Jesus. Why? Because of Word of Life Church that might not have been here had someone not yielded to the plan of God for their life. Amen? Hallelujah. So we surrender to Him. Number three, key to living an abundant life is living a life that is separated unto God. Romans 1.1 Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. Living a separated life. We're set apart for purpose. And that purpose is to serve God. It's all for the sake of the gospel. We're to live the gospel and we're to take it to the world. So the, the number three key of living an abundant life is to live a separated life unto God. Amen? Number four, living an abundant life means leading a spirit-filled life. See, it's more than just the spirit of God living in us, but he guides us. He guides us into all truth. We walk in obedience to him. It's him ordering our steps. The Bible says that the steps of a good man are ordered of God. So you yield unto that spirit-filled and that spirit-led life. It's a life of abundance and joy. Number five is living a mature life. It's time to grow up. Turn to Ephesians 3. You ever, have you, did you ever tell your kids, just grow up? Well, sometimes I can 
almost hear the Holy Ghost saying, just grow up, church. Come on. Get with the program. Just do it. Amen? Ephesians 5, verse 15. See that then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. So see, we all start out as babies, just like a natural baby, and we grow in different stages. But nonetheless, we're to grow. Is it verse 15? No, that's not it. Um, anyway, I'll get to that in a minute. We grow in knowledge of Him. And we desire more of Him. I so desire more of what we've had today. I so desire more of His presence. Not just in church, but in, our, in, in my home, in my own life. Wherever I am, I desire more of Him to be poured out and spilled out onto a world, into a life that's hurting. Whether it's a stewardess on the airplane or wherever it is, that people be drawn to you because of God living abundantly in us and giving us that abundant life. See, a mature Christian has to put away the things of the world. So we have to grow up in Him. We have to grow up in God. We can't stay the same as we were. You know, a baby has to grow up. You know, when they're 16 years old, they still shouldn't be sucking on a pacifier. They shouldn't still be going around with a bottle in their mouth. Mamas and daddies shouldn't have to be changing their diapers. You see, there's a, a, a time to grow up in the things of Christ and to be transformed to His ways. To think the way he thinks. He has come that we might have life. And that abundantly. But in order to do that, we have to live a yielded life. Yielded unto him and his ways. We have to live a life of service. Serving the Lord and his people. Finding your place in the body of Christ. There's so many gifts and so many talents out here. I tell you, I am so blessed. By our worship. Oh, it may not be Hillsong, but it's good stuff. It may not be whoever some of these artists are, but it's good. The presence of God fills this place. We are blessed. Well, I don't like the worship. Well, get over it. Just come and enter in into his presence, and you'll learn to like it. Build a bridge, go to Home Depot, buy some lumber, build a bridge, and get over it. Amen? Well, I don't like this, and I don't like that. Well, get over it. Grow up. That's right. You're not going to ever find a perfect church. Because as soon as you go in there, it's going to be imperfect. 
And as soon as I visit there, it's going to be imperfect. Because we're not perfect people. But we just need to be yielded unto him. And allowing him to do that work within us. Everything is not going to be perfect. This drama that we're having next Sunday, we didn't call people in from wherever they come from, Hollywood, to do that. But I tell you, we've got such talent in here. And so we need to yield. And we need to use our talents for God. We need to, to find our place in the body of Christ and see where he would have us to be and then go for it with everything within us. I tell you, this was not easy for me to take the pastorate. It wasn't. But I do believe that because of my yielding, God is gracing me and he is helping me. I'm far from being there. You know, we have a long way to go. We're this far, but praise God, we're not here anymore. We have come this far, so I thank God for that. You know, we used to play a game with our children when we'd go to Dallas or, or uh, the Lubbock area where my folks lived. You know, we'd get 10 miles out of town, and they'd say, when are we going to be there? How much farther? I thought, oh, holy cow, we've only got nine more hours, you know. We've just been gone 15 minutes. And so I would get a quarter or a button or something out of my purse. And I'd put it on the dashboard and I'd say, okay, right here is Garden City. And right here is Dallas. And we've gone this far. So be quiet. <laughs> we've got all this long way to go. And so then we would get down to Childress. And we might be right here. Well, how much farther? Well, look, we've gone all this way and we only have that much more to go. So see, we can't look at how far we have to go, but how far have we come? Hallelujah. I remember with Pastor Jeff when we were nothing. We didn't even have a place to meet. We met in the Boy Scout hut. Remember that? Oh, Jesus. Thank God we've been delivered from that thing. You know, the bathroom was right here and the sanctuary is right here, so everybody went to the bathroom. You knew everything they were doing. I'm serious. We had some pretty small beginnings. I remember when we didn't have a building and when we had Operation Go, or a, not Operation Go, Evangelism Outreach. And so in our house on Prairie Park, we had 35 people over every Tuesday night. 35, we were crammed in that basement like a bunch of sardines. And we had divide up in teams of three and we'd go out and we'd witness door to door and then we'd all come back and give reports of how many got saved. See, God's blessed that. Why? Because we stepped out and we put our hand to the plow and we did something. We did something to serve Him. So you don't have to be perfect before you step out into a position. I'm so proud of Jenny and Matt and the worship team. You know, I've heard Miss Jenny say time and again, as a 15, 16-year-old, I'm so thankful that Pastor gave me an opportunity to just do what I could do as far as leading worship. And now look at her. She's written songs and everything else. Ushers in the presence of God in this place. See, if we wait until we're perfect, we'll never do anything. It's like having kids. If you wait till you can afford it, you'll never have them. 
because you won't ever be able to afford them. Amen. I'm serious. So step out. Yield yourself to him. Live a life of service. Live a separated life. Come out from among the world. Let him be holy in you as he is holy. Live a life that's spirit-filled, allowing him to order your steps and then grow up in the knowledge of him. You know what this all boils down to? Living an abundant life, and you have heard it time and time and time again. I hope you don't throw rocks at me. I'm going to say it again. It comes down to dying to self. That's the bottom line. It comes down to dying to self. Not my will, but your will, Lord God, be done in my life. His will will cause you to live an abundant life. Your will more than likely could bring destruction to you. So we have to die to self. That's the bottom line. How many of you desire to live that abundant life? That only he can give. If you do, I want you to stand. Worship team, if you would come, please. Living that abundant life. Getting in your place. Doing something for God. Well, I might mess up. Hello? You will. Do you know what? This is a good place to mess up. This is a safe place. None of us have arrived. And you know what? We never will. So set your hand to the plow and do something. Yield your life to God. Separate yourself to Him. You know, this morning in prayer, at 8 o'clock prayer, I led 8 o'clock prayer, I couldn't get away from God create within us a clean and pure heart. And when we have that clean and pure heart, it's going to be easy to yield to Him. It's going to be easy to say, Lord, not my will, but Your will be done in my life. Be ye holy as He is holy. Amen? Every head bowed and every eye closed. If there's anyone here tonight doesn't know Jesus as their Lord. I know that all of you are regulars, but I never take this for granted. If there's anyone here that doesn't know Jesus as Lord, then you need to know Him as Lord. You need to know Him as Savior. And I want you to raise your hand, and we want to pray for you. You may have been sitting in this church for years, but still have never made that commitment unto Him. He wants you. He wants all of you. So now today is the day to yield unto him. Is there anyone at all? While the worship team sings, I'm going to dismiss you, but then if you need to come to the altar, there was several up here this morning. Maybe you needed to come. There was a tug on your heart. And you didn't allow him to have his way in you. I want you to come to the altar. 
and say, God, I want to live an abundant life. And if you're not doing those things that I shared with you tonight, then you need to leave something at the altar so that you can have that abundant life. Amen? Father, we thank you for this time. I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord God, that you have come that we might have life and that we might have it abundantly. So, Father, my prayer tonight is that you create within each and every one of us a clean and pure heart, O oh God. That, God, we would glorify you in every area of our life. That we would surrender our entire being unto you, our mind, our will, our emotions, our soul, Lord God, that we would surrender unto you, that we would give you every part of us, Lord God, that you would take us, that you would make us, you would mold us, you would shape us into the people of God that you desire us to be so that you, Lord God, can fill us with your power. Father God, that we would be holy as you are holy and that you would have your way with us. So Father, I thank you and I praise you for all that you're doing in our life and in this body of believers. And Father, for next Sunday, Easter, I pray, Lord God, that you would draw people into this place so that they could see and that they would know through the drama. And through the script, Lord God, really who you are and what you are to us. That you are the I am, that you're very much alive, and that you died so that every one of us could have life. So Father, I pray right now that you prepare this community for Easter Sunday. I pray, Lord God, that you would draw people from the north, the south, the east, and the west, that they would come in and that they would hear of you and come to know you in a real way. And we give you praise and we give you glory for it now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. God bless.